We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. Weather back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet, put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento Kings. Welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast. I am James Ham, your Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings beat as well as Santa Claus. Uh, and joining good me. Look. It's a good look. Yeah. Joining me is Mr. Sean Cunningham from I'm, ABC 10. I'm always oh. jolly and cheery and festive. So to see you uh, join this holiday spirit is a good thing. I, I think we need it. Don't we? Like I, I, <laughs> I'm not going to do the whole podcast with the beard on, but why uh, not? Uh, Cause it's hot. It, it's actually, it's a mask. So I'm wearing it uh, like, like, uh, was it like Luke Walton with my nose out? But oh, yeah, yeah, I actually have the option of pulling it up. So, so I can wear this everywhere. Yeah. Just go it's, down the aisles of the grocery store. Yeah. And get a couple looks at it. People give a couple looks and, and it's fine. Yeah. 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 So, Sean, we're in emergency. We're not in emergency podcast mode. No, we had to push the podcast back because we're in emergency Sacramento Kings mode. Mm -hmm. um, this team has come undone. The the COVID has moved in, uh, and we've been waiting all day for um, what has happened. You know, it's just you know after Wednesday, uh, Alvin Gentry, Marvin Bagley, Terrence Davis all went on the health and safety protocol list. Uh, but it it's not over yet. Now we have De'Aaron Fox. We've got Alex Len. We've got Lou King, which is a whole nother ball of issues. Uh, all of them are now on the health and safety list. In addition to that, Chemezi Metu is questionable with a sore knee. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is questionable with a sore back. And of course, Rashawn Holmes is out still with a well, he's doubtful with an oh. eye issue. This team has the potential to not play. And I think that's crazy, but we might not have a game tomorrow on on Friday night against the Memphis Grizzlies, and that's a problem. 
the surging Memphis Grizzlies. And yeah, I mean, COVID is running wild with the Sacramento Kings team. And yeah, they come back from a uh, East Coast road trip. Oh, there goes the Santa Claus mask. I, it's coming off. Now it's now it's jarring. Now it's like, I feel like the kid at the mall who's like, you're not Santa. You're not Santa. <laughs> you smell like beef and cheese. <laughs> you sit on a uh, throne of lies. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, man, like it, it, it's 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 not just players. I mean, you've got coaches, you've got staffers, you've got. Um, we haven't even got that yet. Who like, well. Like, go not, ahead, Sean. I'm what not going to, I'm not going to out anybody, but it's running rampant. It's running rampant. And it's, uh, you know, if we keep it just to the players. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that's going to affect games. Fortunately, they've got a nice slew of, of Stockton Kings that are around. Um, you know, if you're kind of doing some contact tracing and you see that De'Aaron Fox is doubtful and Alex Len is doubtful, cleaning that up a little bit, there's a, there's a small chance that they could produce a negative test. And you just saw it with Malik Monk with the Lakers, where all of a sudden he was removed from health and safety protocols. Maybe it was a false positive test, um, or he at least was able to produce two negative tests within the 24 hour period. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're, they're testing these guys multiple, multiple times a day and different levels of testing. And uh, they're really trying to crack down on it. And so I think you're going to see a lot more masking protocols within the teams think you're going to see a lot more um well and it's always funny like who's the who's the guy or the person that goes around and says hey get your mask up over your nose like you mentioned Luke Walton a minute ago um you saw Doug Christie coaching without a mask last night I've got video crazy part is I've got video of Alex Len and De'Aaron Fox in succession hugging uh Doug Christie right before the game uh so you know, not to say that Doug is in those protocols yet either. I don't have reporting on that, but should that happen, uh, Mike Lombardi would be the next one uh, that would take that the the coaching reins uh, in the interim. So, yeah, it's some it's some dicey times, and I think you know it's quite possible that we might hear another one tonight. We might hear another one tomorrow morning. Uh, these things are so. I mean, look at what's happening in the NFL, James. Over a hundred players in the NFL right now. Uh, most notably Cleveland, the, 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 the LA chargers right now are just really going through it. So the NBA is, is no different. Uh, it is running rampant. It's that time of year. Um, fortunately you have more players than not that are vaccinated and, uh, their symptoms are very mild if at all. And, uh, you know, like we saw with, with Alvin Gentry the other night, being able to FaceTime the team in good spirits, just kind of a scratchy throat. Um, hopefully that continues and, and he's, he's back on the sideline soon, but, these are just real world scenarios. The games seem very secondary at this point and um, all the best to all those that are affected. Yeah. I think that's, what's missed. I think a lot of people are like, Oh man, you know, they might have to cancel the game. Well, like it hasn't happened yet where a, a NBA player is, has gotten really, really sick and passed away. We haven't seen that yet, but that doesn't mean that it won't happen. I mean, there's possibilities here and I'll, I'll say this too. Like, I don't care what your political views are. Like if you're out there and in the world and you have, uh, you're welcome to have your political views. I don't care. Just don't get in my timeline with some nonsense. Uh, Like I'm just going to start blocking every, it's just a warning. I'm going to block every single one of you that starts talking stupid stuff about uh, vaccinations and, and um, you know, blaming players, blaming, you know, Marvin Bagley for Alvin Gentry. How do we know it wasn't Alvin Gentry that gave it to Marvin Bagley? How do we know it wasn't someone that 
uh, some arena worker or, or someone that Alvin bumped into it like a coffee shop and Marvin Bagley was on the other side of town and ran into somebody else. We don't know these things. Right. So let's just not point fingers because uh, that that's just foolish. That's foolish. And, and I just don't want to like, uh, you know, these people in my timeline, just, you just sound crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, I, and crazy. I get it. I get it. I mean, there's people that are going to say, Oh, like I just mentioned, you know, Hey, Doug hugged two dudes and Doug's not wearing a mask the entire game. And look, I get it. Um, yeah. You don't see a lot of head coaches wearing masks, especially if they're vaccinated and you know, the whole staff, the whole coaching staff is vaccinated. They have uh, been yep, the bo- whole time. boosted as well. So it's, you know, um, you, you do these, these things so that when, if, and when you catch the virus, that what science says is that you don't have crazy symptoms. You're not on a ventilator. You don't have to go to the hospital. Hopefully yeah. it passes, you know, through you very quickly and, and you're done with it. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I have a little bit more of a tolerance for people who are in my mentions, but cause everyone, I look, James, I always say people are entitled to their opinions. If they want to be that guy and they want to sit there and, and kind of, Oh, here's where you got it. Here's where you were irresponsible, whatever it is. Like the fact of the matter is you just protect yourself. And, um, I have a, I, I think this is, I mentioned a minute ago, I'm not going to out anybody. Uh, I don't do that until it really affects games, especially when it comes to players. And for simple fact that there is a moment to where uh, somebody can test negative tomorrow and possibly play, you know, that I think you kind of want to see the process through. Uh, I get there's a fantasy and a daily fantasy and gambling aspect and all that stuff. Uh, look, I get it. I don't really care. This this is different than a sprained ankle. You don't really you can be you can be questionable with a sprained ankle, but you're not result you're not waiting on a test to come back to say, "Hey, all of a sudden you can play because your sprained ankle is not infectious." Like the the I treat viruses different than I do injuries and and I know that might be a difference of opinion for a lot of journalists out there. So, um yeah, man, and especially with staffers, like they're not the ones playing the game. So, uh, they're not necessarily coaching games. So I remove a lot of them from that discussion because the average person doesn't need to know that, that information. So um, that's just my own kind of my own little ethics there. I think some people would side with it, but uh, um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll keep a little of those things behind the curtain for now. Yeah. I, I side with you on all that. Like I, I totally dig that. And you know, even the, the guys who are accusing guys, I, I think that's foolish. It's right. the other people like, look, we're reporting about an actual thing that's happening. So we're reporting about people testing positive or falling into health and safety protocols. We're not making some political stand about whether you should be vaccinated or not. But what I don't want is the crazy, the crazy wild stuff. Like, I just don't have any time for it. I don't yeah. have any time. I don't have any patience. You know, I, I've gotten fights with family members and, and other people, you know, close friends. Tis, tis the season for that, right? It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it is. Isn't it strange how like all of a sudden we get uh, two weeks after Thanksgiving and we have a bunch of people with, with COVID. Hmm. Yeah. Didn't see that one coming. Now, did we? Uh, yeah, it's tough. And we're going to have the same thing after Christmas. As, and so, like, I don't know what the league is going to do. Uh, the league is in a bunch of trouble right now, just not like they've done something wrong. Um, but I'll say this, Sean, the fact that players have not been testing, only players who are unvaccinated have been testing. That's an issue. That's I mean, a that's a big issue. And I think they're going to help yourself. They're, yeah. they're going to clean that up. And, and look, I, I, 
you go through look the best part about this is as you mentioned you know james we haven't had anybody really super affected because so many people are vaccinated mm -hmm. and i think that is i mean it's that's terrific i also love the fact that um in doing all of this like all you can really do is you know you protect yourself you go through the protocols you do what you do this isn't going anywhere and i do think you know we're not going to see a stop i mean maybe this will be my Nostra dumbass moment of the day, uh -oh. <laughs> but I don't, I, I really don't see, I really don't think you're going to see leagues shut down and have this because you've protected yourself. Like you've done what you can. There might be some, some more stringent policies when it comes to the unvaccinated players, the people who are part of the union and are able to uh, choose whether or not they want to do that. You've certainly seen that in the NFL. Maybe that will be, get more of a spotlight on it. I think that's probably a necessary thing. But at the same time, I mean, there, I don't think we're going to see shutdowns. You know, you, you look at economies. I don't think you're going to see restaurant shutdowns in states. I think people are, you've got the the way to protect yourself. And I've had people ask me, oh, Sean, have you had coronavirus? My answer all the time is, I don't know. <laughs> because I've protected myself. I don't mind saying it. And uh, even before that, I've never had any symptoms. Uh, for the past two years, I've never... Uh, dealt with any cold or flu symptoms or anything like that. So, you know, knock on wood, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, you know, I'm lucky, I probably am lucky, but, um, but there's so many of the asymptomatic, you know, you can go around players and, and James, you mentioned that they hadn't been testing vaccinated players. Well, mm -hmm. it is foolish. You need to do that because if you have a guy who's asymptomatic and it does spread, um, this is, this is kind of the result of that. So we know that vaccinated people can get COVID still. That's, that's very sign. We know that. So um, yeah. I know that's a long way of just saying, protect yourself folks and be careful. And this isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And this is our new normal. Yeah. I think it is our new normal, which is, I mean, it's such a bummer that we have to live in a world like this right now. And that we're so politically divided that it becomes such an issue of, you know, and the finger pointing and all that stuff. Um, yeah, and, and I will openly tell everyone that I, I not only got my two shots, I got my booster and I'm happy I did. Did I feel great afterwards? No, but, uh, that's okay. It's about, you know, I've got, I've got a 74 year old dad with COPD. Uh, if I give him COVID, then I'll kill my dad. And so I got to do what I got to do to protect my family. I don't want my kids getting it. I don't want my wife getting it. Um, it's just not uh, a pleasant situation because, again, we just don't know. Um, and so, again, like I'm going to – I feel for the players because it's not like these guys want to be in this situation. You know, this team, the Kings just won a game. We'll get to that in a few. They, they just won a game. They won a game. <laughs> and then they're looking at Friday night. Like the Grizzlies are a team that you're, you got your sights set on that you owe a couple to. And then after that, you got the San Antonio Spurs on Sunday. There's potential here, you know, and then, and then you go to San Francisco and you've got the, uh, the Golden State Warriors on Monday. So it's a boom, boom, boom. Like you could lose three games in a row right here and it's not your fault. You just, you, you lost three games because, you know, you don't even have Luke King like to fill in. <laughs> I mean, and, and I was going to say that earlier, like, Lou King. Okay. So people forget Lou King was with the, the Kings in Toronto on Monday. Yeah. The Kings flew home. He did not. He flew to Oklahoma city where he played on Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, well, what is today? Thursday. He played on Wednesday and he started 
alongside Jemias Ramsey, uh, Robert Woodard, and Namias Keda. So reinforcements are on their way, but those reinforcements could get locked up in a hotel and stay there for a while. That's just the reality of what we're facing. So we're going to have to wait and see if those guys are available because they might not be. And the Kings may even say, look, we're not going to put them around the other group of players because then we could infect them as well. And we're not going to bring Rashawn Holmes back into the building because he's already got an eye issue, but why bring him back in the building and have him do walkthroughs and have him do all this stuff and then potentially get sick. Well, and, the, and to just clean that up, they're going to do that. Anybody in that building is going to be tested. So it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. You know, like coming in, coming in from the Stockton Kings, Rashawn Holmes coming back in the building, none of them are going to be around the team until they're, you know, until they're tested and they find out whether or not they're negative. So I know Kata took a PCR test this morning, which means the rest of them did. So yeah, yeah I actually, Sean, I, I went on TV in, uh, in Portugal. Portugal, <laughs> the man, James Ham. I'm calling you Portugal, the man from the rest of the season. There it is. Uh, yeah, I uh, just random. Um, they reached out and said, hey, we need you here. And I, I think it's good because uh, the good people of Portugal, they, they kind of, this is their first go around with an NBA player. So they don't really understand the dynamic. Like, why isn't he playing? He's putting up 15 points and eight rebounds and 2.2 blocks in the G league. He needs to be the starter at mm -hmm. the, for the Kings. And so I, I think it, it was fun because I was able to like, they're sitting there, you know, you're a TV guy. So you're, you got somebody in like basically a waiting room, uh, like a, a virtual waiting room. I'm, I'm waiting on Skype and I can hear them talking. I have no idea what they're saying. They're talking so fast and in a totally different language. And all I can hear is them, my name pop up like once or twice. I'm like, oh boy. Like I, I warned you people. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to speak your language. So I'm hoping. And then they come to me and of course they, their uh their anchors speak english and i'm like oh that was close i don't want to just be there on tv in portugal like i don't know what you're asking me hi i speak english hi <laughs> all i speak is english what do i do did did the did tisha penichero come up in no conversation? no or, they were okay. really like why is this happening why is he not come up why is he not playing and i'm like i i just you know, I'll say it here. Like, look, the NBA has a very, especially for second round picks and, and for big men, especially as well. Like you, you come into the league and you sit on the bench and you work your way and you learn the game of basketball, especially Kata. Uh, he, his body wasn't ready. You could tell like in summer league uh, right away, you could tell like, okay, he's got potential, but he, he needs a ton of work on his core. You can see him dragging around his body a little bit and you can get away with that in, at the college level. You cannot get away with that at the professional level because the athletes are all bigger, stronger, and faster. And like the only way I would say that to someone from Portugal is like, look, you got one guy who's made it one guy who's made it. And if you go around all of the cities in America, most cities in America might have, one guy who's made it to the NBA. So you're going up against the best of the best of the best. I mean, how many college basketball players are there every year? There's well, thousands. Then, and then explaining 
to the Portuguese people that coming from what was it Utah State? Yeah, yeah, coming from Utah State to the NBA, and then trying to map an equivalent for something in Portugal, which I don't even know what that would be, but is yeah akin to like coming from like a I don't know a youth basketball league that isn't. I mean, it's just the the no, level is I, just so different, you know. Yeah, you'd mean? have to equate it to soccer. It would be right. like a, a Division Four soccer, uh, or Division Five, or even lower, or like a, a weird Adriatic league or something. It's something that you're not used to. Like, like they know soccer really, really well. So it's not apples to apples. It's not like a relegated team. That's not what college basketball is. It's like the teams that get relegated to like the lower level. Uh, that's not even what the G League is. The G League is right. below that. It, it's like just an off league that, you know, that is nowhere near as good. And so, yeah, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be fine, actually. But I think he's going to be a really good NBA player. I don't know if he's going to be great. I don't know if he's going to play 30 minutes a night, um, but he can rebound. He can block shots. He's got a soft touch around the rim. He's got a nice like 18, 20 foot jumper and he's extended that out to the three point range. And, and then what the Kings really like about him is they see a passing potential that none of their other bigs have. And so they want him to be in better shape. And that's not because he was in bad shape because he did something wrong. It's just he being in NBA shape is different than being in any other shape you know you have to be in the top tier and you have to get stronger and you have to like tighten up things that that matter at the nba level so and especially with the way that especially with the way that they want to run and if there was ever a year to really give him that time uh it's this year because they have such a wealth of big men but you're right james like they are very very high on him um and he's Mm -hmm. you know fortunately putting up some really solid numbers there and away from that just an incredibly intelligent human human being that is yeah, a fun. mountain of a man. I mean, this guy is just absolutely intelligent off the charts and uh, you can really see some good things. Um, the unfortunate part, I felt like the, <laughs> I felt like the jinx because I went out to see him play in the home opener. I haven't been back in the, oh, I have been back. I've been back one other time, but uh, I went back to the, the, for that home opener and they got trounced uh, by Agua Caliente. Harry Giles was back in the building. Jordan Ford from Folsom was on the uh, was on the sideline. And actually, Serge Ibaka played in that game yep. because he just wanted to get some run in the G League. So uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was a weird third quarter where they got really outscored by like thirty something points, which is really impressive. But it really kind of speaks to the G League and just the 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 craziness that can happen in that league. And uh, for him to get this confidence, I think is going to go a long way. And I can't wait, maybe not as much as you can wait. I mean, you are on pins and needles for this guy to play. I can't wait to see him play in an NBA, uh, in an NBA game, even just to be on the active roster is a, is a big step in the right direction. And maybe we'll see that on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe the chance we'll see- about seeing it is, is high. <laughs> if there's yeah. going to be a game, there's a good chance he's at least, I mean, he'll be on the active roster without any question. Yeah. as long as he doesn't get put in health and safety protocols. Um, but I mean, realistically, uh, you know, this is the, the process. Yeah, It's the process. And it's not that I'm so excited to see it. It's that I know that the people in Portugal are so excited to see it. 
and they're waiting and they're sitting in there eight hours ahead and the game starts at seven o'clock at night. And so that puts you, I don't even know, what does that put you at three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. Serious um, commitment. Serious. Yeah, that's commitment. some serious commitment. But if he, if he goes to check in, man, I want you running around the neighborhood and beating on everyone's door and saying it's happening. <laughs> Like, bang pots and pans and yeah, yeah this is like the moment no it's a huge moment it's a it first is. time a player from portugal makes it to the to the pros and and i think that's a huge deal and uh and the other thing i pointed out too when i was on the air there is damian jones is under contract for one more year uh tristan i mean for just a season tristan thompson is just is under contract for just a season Rashawn holmes is under contract for another three years after this year Alex Len, you've got one more year uh, on Alex Len's contract. But my point is that there's opportunity. The opportunity could be next season for him where he's actually getting really solid burns. So there will come a point in this season, especially if the Kings are totally out of it, where Nemeas Cato will play a bunch of minutes. And you got to see what you got. You got to give him some run and give him some experience, a lot like we saw from Scalabis here in, in the past or – or Harry Giles in the past, like there's going to be an opportunity, but I think the biggest, my point is they've never seen this before. So they're confused by it. And this is the way that it goes. He's 22 big men in the NBA usually take until they're 24, 25 to really fill out and, and get to where they're going to be as players. And this is a guy that did not play at the top, top, uh, top end college program, like the, the highest, highest level of, of college program. And he's a guy who's, you know, he, he's still young. He's still got plenty of room to grow. And the biggest thing is he has a skill set that the Kings love. And so they're going to try to bring him along. So, so keep an eye on him because I, I think that there's, there's really good potential for him. Yeah. I did not expect to have a gigantic Namias Keda uh, conversation here, Sean. Especially with everything going on. I was like, oh, we just really dove into Namias Keda here. This is going to be great. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a nice, good it's a nice refresher from, from some of the stuff bogging down the team at the moment, but coming off a win last night and then all of a sudden COVID hits and uh, it was, you know, it is, it, it's, it's kind of funny because in the, in the face of COVID and you see, you know, Alvin Gentry away and you see Doug Christie and he gets his moment. Um, it felt like a, not a breath of fresh air, but it felt like a palate cleanser in a way. Like, you can enjoy the moment that Doug had. The players clearly did awarding him the game ball. And you could see what it meant not only to Doug, but fans were pulling for him. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we all in the media uh, know Doug very well. It's fun for me from covering him not only as a player and then getting him to know him uh, for the many years I have. And, and we have a, a long, long history and uh, couldn't be more thrilled for the guy. And uh, it, it felt like one of those in the, in this, dreck of a season so far with not only just the ups and downs of the season but you have COVID on top of that just kind of felt like oh good for you man like good for you you come in and you win this game you show some things you do some kind of crazy lineups I'm sure we'll dive into that but yep. uh <laughs> like like it was a really cool moment now who knows I mean they could have they can go off and lose the next four or five games and out with Alvin away who knows but uh it was cool to kind of celebrate that moment for him yeah um this is like, I'll be honest with people out there, like the rarity, uh, like this is not something that normally happened. Um, I went and shut my recorder off after Doug was done doing his post game. And then he was about to walk out the, the there's a back door that leads back to the locker room. 
and I whistled at him and came over and, you know, gave him a hug. Uh, like we've been friends for a long time. We spent a ton of time. I mean, he was my podcast partner for three years. You fired him. I, I, <laughs> I'm never going to let you forget that. <laughs> you fired Doug Christie. I'd have told you to pound sand if I was Doug Christie walking off that uh, day. I'm D- kidding. I'm Doug kidding. is my guy. We yeah. we talk, we've golfed together. We're, we're friends. And so like, I, I've been really honest, uh, brutally honest, both on ESPN 1320 with D'Lo and Casey and here on the Kingsbeat podcast about just uh, like, it's it's more of like a protection thing for me. It's that I don't want to see Doug put in a position to just flat out fail. Like, and this team has shown us time and time again, who they are. And I don't think that there's anybody that could just walk in and fix it and and just flip a switch and everything's good. And now this is a playoff team of 45 win 50 win team. Um, But if there's anyone that could possibly do it, maybe Doug has the personality to do it. I just want Doug to have that personality that he still has and get this opportunity, but down the road when he's ready for it, when, you know, you're going into a game on Friday night and maybe you can win on sheer grit. Maybe you can just throw everything at the kitchen, uh, you know, the, the kitchen sink, throw everything at the Grizzlies and stun them. But there's also going to be moments in that game where you don't have the experience to, to figure out a specific issue. And that's where I just think that, you know, seasoning, a coach needs to be seasoned just like players need to be seasoned. And, and for me, again, it's more of a protective thing. Like I I don't want Doug to fail and get run out of Sacramento. Now it might not happen. That might not happen. That, That might not be the way the story goes for him, but it's, it's also very possible. Like I see what's happened to Vladi and Peja and, Again, and I'm again, a bit protective. I, I think I think those guys can still walk down the street and still be celebrated for what they did. I mean, there I, were people. We're going to get to this because yeah. it'll be part of the business of basketball, <laughs> where um, <laughs> here's Barnes, just like out of nowhere. Hey, <laughs> like almost like the. Oh, hey, I can't wait to talk moment. about that. I can't yeah, wait to talk about. No, that. no, that's the business of basketball right there. Um, but you know, there are people that played off of what Harrison asked, which was, uh, should, should, uh, DeMarcus cousins, statistically speaking, should DeMarcus cousins have his Jersey retired in Sacramento, um, which like started a discussion, but it's just started as started a discussion on Twitter. And then people are saying like, pull Vlade's, you know, uh, his, his banner down from the, the rafters. And I'm like, so, so that's where I'm talking. There are, enough people out there who feel that are so dramatically like impacted for some reason by what happened with Vlade Divac here as a general manager that they don't even want his, his number in the Raptors anymore. And so again, that's, that's what I don't want for Doug. That's, that's kind of where I was going with that, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think those people would be idiotic. I really do. Um, (laughs) I just, those people, seriously. Yeah. I mean, like, like, again, again, I don't want to, okay. I'm going to go a long way to make a point here. And this is in no way, shape or form. Like I'm just going to illustrate a point here. Think of OJ Simpson. (laughs) Okay. Like, and I'm not saying we celebrate OJ Simpson, but the guy's still in the hall of fame. Like whatever happened with OJ Simpson, whether you believe he did it or not, (laughs) 
<laughs> he turned two as human I, beings into Pez dispensers. But go ahead, Sean. As I as I shoot as I shoot people a look on the YouTube channel, <laughs> whether you believe or not, the guy was still an incredible football player. I'm not saying you applaud him. I'm not saying that. But again, now you now that's a very dramatic way to make a point. Doug Christie as a player, Doug Christie as a coach, Vladi Divac as a player, Vladi Divac as a general manager. The 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 failures or successes of a coach and general manager do not taint your legacy as a player. I agree. It just does not happen. Okay. It doesn't happen. And again, you can criticize and it's fair to criticize both, especially Vladi Divac, because obviously he's the one that's the general manager, Peja as an assistant general manager, whatever. Um, you can kill Vladi Divac for being this failure of a general manager. If you choose to do so, that's fine takes nothing away from what he has accomplished on the court and his his being a thread of the fabric of the organization. And I'll even take it a step further. Uh, last season, when he sat courtside with Vivek Ranadive and Monty McNair, for him not to be announced to the crowd because it was the too, so, too soon moment, an absolute failure. That was just, that was a debacle. Embarrassing. The guy's sitting there. You welcome him back. He's part of your King's family. Uh, you don't, you don't not bring attention to him. The guy's sitting freaking courtside for crying out loud. Sean is not calling out the production team, just so you know. Well, that, and that in decision fairness, was not on the production team. Correct, correct. Sorry, and in fairness to the, yeah, that was not their call. But again, whoever made that decision, shame on you. Like, you, what are you doing? If if you're gonna sit with him courtside, at least acknowledge him and i get it maybe you thought he was going to get booed yeah maybe there'd be booed. would vladi be bothered by some booze probably not he's got a thick skin he realizes it um but he would uh, he had know. a better deal two days ago <laughs> <laughs> you got me with that one james there you, there you go sean no he would have been i was fine. not expecting that he would have been fine he is and what i always tell people like Whatever you think of him for the Luka Doncic thing, he's still one of the nicest people I've ever met. He's someone that you just totally, you want to be around. Like, if, And again, like, even if you go ahead, boo the hell out of him. If, if you were really bothered by that, fine, go for it. Go for it. But then have a hard time cheering De'Aaron Fox because that guy probably would have been traded. Yeah. Like that, that, and again, maybe you're fine with that too. But again, like, it's well, not he did like draft De'Aaron Fox. It's not like he purposely said, I'm going to come into Sacramento. I'm going to, blow this thing up i'm going to completely just decimate them you know it, that's not the case and i think people are smarter than that yeah i i mean his motives were pure that doesn't mean that he was ready for the job or was capable of doing the job and again no. here we are in talking about a really really wild like two days of king's coverage and we've been sidetracked sean we have once again we're, we're not to I? be trusted we're not to be trusted today <laughs> like i don't know if we I'm, I'm, the it's the santa dog, hat no, yeah, it's the Santa hat. That's what it's it is. It's possible. And I'm all like red. It's because the Santa hat is so hot. It's so hot. I don't, but let's see. Let's, can we, can we pull it up? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Good. You're fine. There. Oh, man. That feels so much. There goes better. that Christmas spirit. Whoo. Uh, all right. So, Kings win. Let's actually discuss what we saw that we liked and didn't like from what Doug Christie did. Because, he did coach a game. He did pick up his first NBA win and he did some things differently. Uh, De'Aaron Fox was not, uh, he was the first guard to hit the bench, which I thought was strange. 
because it's usually Halliburton goes out at the six minute mark with Rashawn Holmes when he's healthy. And then Fox uh, goes all the way until like the nine or 10 minute mark of the first quarter. They bring Halliburton back in. Instead, he pulled Fox, who was having a really good quarter and stuck with Halliburton. Um, I thought that was new. Um, I did tweet out at one point uh, in quotes that uh, Alvin Gentry said, we've tried every combination. And then in quotes, Doug Christie, hold my beer. It says, hold my beer. Um, like I've never seen a Halliburton Fox Chemezi Metu, Alex Len, Mo Harkless lineup, but hell throw it all out there. Just do what you can. You also I, saw moments where, and I think we've all agreed, like you have to have Fox and or Halliburton on the floor at all times. Like you need one of them on the, on the floor. Alvin said the same thing. Yep. Um, but it was pretty clear in asking Doug last night, like, was this a concept, a philosophy premeditated before this game? Maybe you wanted to attack this team with the length. I mean, because you went with long lineups. I mean, you went with long lineups that also had a little bit more focus defensively. I mean, that's just, that's just is what it was. So, uh, and he said, no, I mean, some of it was definitely done with the staff in the moment. I mean, he was crediting, crediting the, the assistant coaching staff a lot. So um, I think they took a chance. I think it worked. I, I think, especially in that fourth quarter when De'Aaron went out uh, because he ended the quarter, a lot of times you'll see guys subbed two minutes, maybe a minute 30 before the, uh, end of the third quarter going into the fourth and they use yeah, they utilize that timeout break the end of quarter break as extra time to get a guy right and then they come back before right around the eight seven minute mark and they didn't do that they started the they started the fourth with the Aaron and then he came out and then he was when he left I mean they went on this crazy run where all of a sudden things just were really really working and conversely Washington they benched Bradley Beal for a long long time I thought that was insane so uh yeah, man, I, I, he did, there was some positives and negatives in there for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but kudos for him for trying. It worked. I mean, he stuck with what worked. I think he's had probably one of the best outings from Tristan Thompson and Chemezi Metu that we've seen with them in Kings uniforms. So, um, I liked it. I did, I, I did want to say this though, and not to like, you know, show my access or anything, but I was texting a player, uh, before last night's game, uh, and they were making a big deal about what was said in Toronto and the team's kind of approach to that and how much yesterday's, I'm talking about Wednesday, yesterday's testing and uncertainty and people who are testing positive and things of that nature, um, how much that had kind of disrupted some of the things that, that they were hoping to display last night. That was before the game. I think everything that that player was talking about going into the game was very much on display last night. The communication on the court was absolutely stellar. I mean, yep. you saw a ton of communication, both verbally, physically, from the bench. I mean, this they were vocal. They were noisy. You could hear it. I mean, <laughs> kind of slamming the crowd here a little bit. That uh, was a very yeah. lightly attended ball game last night. Uh, and you could hear a lot of that, of that chatter uh, up where we sit, James. And, uh, that stood out to me a lot. And that was really my, a, a focus of my post game questioning was how much of that, because look, I don't know that Doug really had an effect in that way. Uh, certainly he had effect of, in ways that were, that, that he deserves credit for. I don't think he deserved 
necessarily the credit for that because I think the players really took it upon themselves and that was rather impressive. I know it's only one game. I know it's only one game, but it's one game that starts off of a stretch of 10 of the next 12 at Golden One Center and they don't leave the state of California until January 6th. So I think that is something you circle with a big highlighter and you hope to carry that over into the next game. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to see what the next game even looks like. That's that's the problem that we're facing now that we don't know what the next game is going to look like. And look, I, I thought that there were some mistakes made uh, as far as, you know, what was going on on the court. I asked Doug in, in post game um, if he was nervous and if he had a million things running through his head and he said, no, I wasn't nervous, but I did have a million things running through my head. And that's what I saw on the court was it was like, every single time a timeout happened, a different lineup showed up. It was like, wow. So I, I like, he tried all kinds of things, but I and think James, a lot of it was like in panic mode or, or just chaos mode. And typically his substitutions were like three at a time, which I also thought was a little bit interesting. Yeah. Like maybe I got to go back. Changes. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe I need to go back and, and watch it a little bit more thoroughly, but I, I, I kept looking over and seeing like, here's three dudes at one time and three come off. Like it wasn't like, here's one. Here's maybe, I think there were probably some moments where there were two, but to me, it felt like, like you just said, like line changes in hockey. Yeah. I mean, I think there was a chaos to it and, and that's not, that's not a knock on Doug. He'd never done this before. He had no time to prep. There wasn't like two days off beforehand for him to get ready to take over as the head coach. Um, That's just not what he got. You know, it was like, he got a call that morning, like, Hey, this thing's gone sideways. And it, you know, that's, you got to deal with the, the situation that's in front of you. And I thought he did a good job. I think the biggest thing is the players followed him. The players like stuck to the plan. Every single player that stepped on the court fought. I thought the only guy who had a bad game was Damian Jones. And that's not to just single out one guy, but it, he looked like the moment, whatever it was, it, it, he just had a bad start and Doug, use different guys afterwards mm-hmm. and i think ty even said something after the game he said you know we only had 10 players and three of them are centers like what are we supposed to like this modern nba yeah and we only got 10 players and three of them are centers what are we supposed to do well we just stuck together and fought and did a bunch of good stuff and they start off with a three guard lineup but they went away from it so often to go bigger a lot like like yeah, they start this three-guard lineup. Davion Mitchell was sensational in his first NBA start. But then they go away from it and for long stretches. And it somehow it worked. I didn't think it was going to work. Because, I I mean, we were, I was telling you, James, I was expecting 50 points from Dam- from Bradley Beal at one point. Yep. And I think the only reason that didn't happen was because his coach benched him for some reason. I don't – again, I don't understand why that was. Uh, they, and they stopped kind of going away from him. But the guy was – poised to have like a monster monster game and then of course and then of course they go really cold in that fourth quarter yeah and then we had all the the situations where buddy Hield was uh guarding bradley bill one-on-one it was like right oh, why oh like why I, um, I literally i think i in a weird way i asked you i said if you're bradley beal and you're looking at buddy Hield across from you like you're just let's oh, eat I, I'm, I'm taking it yeah let's go let's you eat know? uh yeah i i thought that that was like there were some moments in that game that just didn't work out, but then down the stretch, uh, like Harrison Barnes just goes like backpack mode, just says I got this, and took over the game. And it was this moment like, where have you been? He- I was, I was nervous to say is he back? Because 
Yeah. Like he, he hit that, that three. Look at that. The three, wide open the... top of the key three. No one around him. He hits it and was like, "Praise God, <laughs> I am back." He he quoted scripture in post game, which I he thought did. was interesting. That's unusual. I don't think that I remember him doing that before. Um, but yeah, he, it was like this moment where all of a sudden Harrison Barnes looked like Harrison Barnes and was dominant. But he, he scored fifteen, I think fifteen of his nineteen in the fourth. Um, lots of missed free throws, including Barnes, I think missed one or two, uh, lots of missed and one free throws, which is always weird. Um, that's usually something that's not good. Uh, when Sean and I both have our phones bling at the same time. Well, and in uh, fairness, I have to keep mine on cause of work here. Cause of, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the building. You don't see the uh, music stuff behind me. And by yeah. the way, I'm going to, we're going to touch this office up. We just moved back into this office recently and I've got to touch some of that behind us up a little bit. We you got to fix that, Sean. I've got a whole that. lot of, I got a whole lot of boxes over there. I think of, you have OJ Simpson's Heisman trophy sitting up there. <laughs> that might be. We we didn't know that Sean was the biggest OJ Simpson fan. I, I would like to auction that now. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like, like just, it's just, it felt like a good for them moment, you know? Yeah, I don't know that's that what it, it was. I'm not, yeah. I'm not here to say that the Kings are back because I'm always the one that is ready for the other shoe to drop. And even when that three game win streak, I'm just like, no, they're still not good. Like, you know, they're, they're, 500 basketball team. See, I was going to say, this is that moment where Sean says nope. they're a 500 basketball team, even though I've never seen a 500 basketball team <laughs> right, in my 12 right. years of covering them. <laughs> Again, like, and I say that at best, like if you are, that's yeah. at best. Like, like, and again, that's just an, a, another way to tell people just simmer down. This is it. Like the Blue chatter jets. about like, even in, and I, I'm not trying to slam, I, and, and in fairness, I forget who asked it. So I'm not trying to at, slam that journalist because they have a job to do. But it felt weird to ask Doug Christie about looking ahead to next year and wanting to coach. Like, obviously, if you have any idea who who Doug Christie is, the minute he took over as an assistant coach, he wants to be an NBA head coach. Yeah. Would he like that to happen in Sacramento? 100%. Is he trying to stab Alvin Gentry in the back or Luke Walton in the back? No, that's not what he's trying to do. The question of him wanting to be a head coach, of course he wants to be a head coach getting him to bite on that bait is like just felt really uh really tough to do in that first moment while he takes over for Alvin Gentry um maybe it comes up at a practice I don't know but I get people have jobs to do it made me cringe a little bit but kudos to Doug he handled it the right way he handled it very well and uh and kudos to media relations who saw some of that that might come and made sure they prepped him because they did do that. I I mean, they waited and they said, uh, yeah, he's Doug is being prepped. Like they weren't like putting powder on his head. So he didn't have a sheen <laughs> or something like they were literally, Hey, there's going to be a guy who asks you this. <laughs> and I mean, it's the same guy who always asks those questions. So like, oh, okay. If, now, if, I, now I know who it was. I actually forgot, totally who forgot who it was. Yeah. No, it's no. Just... And, and Jason, you know, you're talking about Jason Anderson yeah. and you know what? He's got yeah. a job to do. I don't fault again. I'm not trying to fault Jason. I just, I cringed at the, the, maybe the way it was asked. I just didn't think that was the right setting because we already know this stuff, but again, like everyone has jobs to do. So I'm not trying to, to slam Jason. And in fairness, I did forget it was Jason, but um, <laughs> thank you for reminding me. <laughs> You're welcome, Sean. Jason, Jason will ask hard questions and kudos to him. He does a great job. Yeah, yeah. He he asks questions. I, I mean, again, sometimes it's delivery, but um, I'll, you know, most of the time the questions have to be asked. I mean, right. that's 
that's our job is, is to sit there and ask difficult questions or to see situations where you can ask a question that you're going to get the right answer from, or you're going to get a really good answer from. Um, and, and those are usually what we're waiting for. So the, the biggest thing I was waiting to see would Doug Christie do the same antics he does as an assistant coach, as a head coach, meaning first one off the bench onto the floor, I'm going to dap up my guys and then go into the, the coach huddle. If you even saw James, sometimes if he didn't dap up the guys coming off the court, he had to go back to the bench to do it and then join the coach's huddle. Odd look, but <laughs> it's still Doug being done. Like, I think Doug ended up in a perfect situation. I've said this before because he was on a staff with Luke Walton and Alvin Gentry and two guys who were just going to want Doug to be Doug. Be yeah. yourself. You know, some would look like, like if you went to it, and I'm not trying to pick on Rick Carlisle for by any means, but if he had went to a Rick Carlisle staff, you best believe Rick Carlisle would not have him do that. Like, you're not going to show up your coach. You're not going to become like this distraction. You're just, you know, again, you're going to fall in line with the other head coaches. There's kind of a decorum there. Um, I'm just using Rick Carlisle as an example, but Luke Walton and Alvin Gentry, two dudes who are most laid back as they come and wouldn't want you to be any different than what you are. Yeah, I think it, it is interesting because we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but George Carl's staff was George Carl guys, like they're George Carl disciples and that's who they were. I mean, mm -hmm. and then Dave Yeager, his staff was totally different. His staff was, they're Dave Yeager guys, but they're all guys that Dave had, had coached against in the minor leagues. So they all had like this really, really interesting bond and they were almost like, uh, you know, an uncle and a, and a brother and another brother, like that's what their vibe felt like, which is, was good for us because the assistants felt comfortable. They felt comfortable to talk to us and have conversations that maybe they wouldn't normally have, but because they felt so comfortable with Dave, they, they would have those conversations with, they knew they weren't stepping on toes. Uh, Luke's staff, uh, it's, it morphed again and again until he wasn't there anymore. <laughs> um, but it started out as like, he, he got raked over the coals in LA for his buddy staff that didn't work out going forward. And then he got a staff in Sacramento that was like, so awkward. No one knew anyone. And it was so bad that first year. And I think a lot of the reason why they weren't very good that first year was they had a lack of connection between the coaching staff. We couldn't even like approach a coach. It was very difficult to even have a conversation because they didn't know who they were within the like group. And so they didn't want to say something that was out of line without clearing it with somebody. So again, like every coaching staff is different. So I think having Doug on a coaching staff, like whether he's a head coach or he's an assistant is really good because the biggest thing with Doug is he means well, and he wants to impart basketball knowledge and life knowledge. And he wants to have like honest conversations and it's more about the, the why than it is about how, you know, he wants to, like, if you're going to, like, if it's just a basketball question and someone makes a back cut, you know, or makes a cut, you need to cut with purpose. Why are you making that cut? And then he wants you to tell you, tell him, why are you doing what you're doing? Mm -hmm. And people don't always have the answer for it. Well, I was, because we ran that play like eight times in practice and my job was to run over to the corner. So you're telling me you don't know why you're running to the corner. 
Well, and he, 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 and he pointed that out last night. Like they have a stretch where things are going really well, especially on the offensive end. And he's like, you know where this began, right? And he says, they all looked at him. He says, defense. <laughs> he's he's yeah. illustrating that they played good defense and it led to great offense. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's good. I, I think having him there overall, and I also think having him get a taste of this is really good. Just like having Davion Mitchell get a start is mm-hmm. really good. It gives you a taste. It shows you like, this is what it looks like as to be a starter. Just like getting Namias Keita into Sacramento for one or two games would be a really good thing. Cause it's like, okay, now I get it. They're bigger, stronger, faster. And Holy cow. I can't believe, you know, if you're going to put Namias Keita in a game, I think one of the best things to do, put him against Steven Adams and say, okay, you think you're ready? Let me have you do something against Steven Adams. And then you walk out there and you're like, oh, what, in, what in the world just happened? That right. dude just like, there's no moving him. He's so incredibly strong. So like, I, I think all of these things, they play into a bigger picture that this is the, the COVID stuff is not good. It's never good to have that, but it might open the door and the opportunities for specific people to have success and, and, and maybe step up in a different way that then that they would have been able to, if this wasn't the situation. And so again, like you got to, uh, make some sort of lemonade out of these lemons. And I, I think that might be it. Yeah. And it's timings, everything. And I, you know, I was kind of thinking about this. There's never an ideal timing for this, but because I mentioned the 10 to 12, like this is a really important stretch for the Kings and in their yeah, season. And I can't think of a worse time to be honest that this, no, happens. I'm with you. I'm with you. It, like, it's, it's the worst just, time. It is. It yeah, is. And, this it, is and that it's, moment where they could have done something. And now if they do something, it shows that they got a lot of heart and that somebody is, is pushing the right buttons. But at the same time, it just, this is up against it, man. Yeah, it really is. And it'll be interesting to see how long this goes. Cause for people who don't know protocols, it's like a minimum of 10 days until you can produce a negative test consecutively two negative tests within 24 hours apart, at least. And, uh, so you, you could have something that's rather quick. You could have something that's prolonged. And then what's the conditioning like when somebody comes back from that? We've seen that. We've yeah. seen somebody who has to, you know, take an additional few days just to get their conditioning right because they're back in the gym again. And, you know, you'll hear basketball players a lot. And I don't know that I don't think that the average person quite grasps this because you look at these athletes and NBA players are considered to be among the greatest athletes on the planet. And yet a day or two removed a week removed from conditioning and that type of conditioning does take a vast uh, impact on, on the overall physique of these players and the conditioning and what their breath is, what their, you know, their breathing is like and all those things. So uh, it, it, hopefully they all respond well. Hopefully the ones that go through it, get out of there quickly. And uh this, this is hopefully something that they can just get through and endure and rise above because it's going to be uh, it has potential to really kind of cripple your team for really the next month or so. Yeah. Derail the season completely. Yeah. I, I mean, if your season was on the rails, I, I'm not sure that it was ever on the rails, <laughs> but, but it's definitely derailed. It, it could get derailed completely at this point. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where like half of the carts are derailed and, but your, your engine and your caboose were still on. So you're hoping that if 
something happens just right, you might be able to pull all those other cars back onto the rails. Okay. Uh, yeah, this has a potential to like be a disaster in the making. All right, Sean. The business of basketball. I like it. I like we this discussion. This. Yes, we do. We got to hit this. Okay, so here we're going to set the scene. Scene is Harrison Barnes gets done giving us a a highly uh, thoughtful three or four minutes of media. He just backpacked the team. Kings win. I like that term, by the way. Backpack the team. I haven't heard that before. Really? I'm not. Well, maybe I have, but I'm. I, right. I'm not. I wasn't as cognizant of it now that well, I. Well, he now. backpacked that team. He like, hey, let's go. Throw him yeah. up on on the shoulders and let's go. I like uh, it. I, I think he went back in at the seven minute mark too. And so he scored 15 points in the final seven minutes. Um, so look, uh, Harrison Barnes gets up from the table and is leaving the media room. We're almost done with him. And then he goes, Hey, I got something for you guys, for you. Hey media. Hey media. (laughs) I said, Hey media. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we all turn, we're like, what in the world? Because and, of all people, like of all people, like Harrison isn't. There's several guys that will have chatter and like to, oh, you know, engage a little bit. Come Tyrese off. Halliburton, uh, Brendan Nunez. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I'm even yeah. a guy that'll shout up there every now and then just to, you know, cameras are off and I'll have a fun moment. I, I would do that a lot more in the locker room. And so here we are distanced apart, still using Zoom, but we're in the building and we're in the room and, um, you know, you don't have as many of these moments for, and for Harrison to go out of his way to pose this question. Yeah. And we didn't, uh, so Sean said something. We don't, we're actually in the room with Harrison. Like yeah. we're not on zoom. There is zoom there. And Christo Saltos uh, from Greece, who is literally staying up all night long just to cover the Sacramento Kings. It's four o'clock in the morning. And Christos uh, asks questions almost every time. And even yeah. he asked uh, Harrison a question and his accent is thick and Harrison looked at him like, and I had to like decipher. I mean, we've been in the room with Christo Saltos for a long time. So we understand uh, where he's we got going. it. We got it we, down. We hope he's well. Hello coach. Oh, yes. we don't need to. <laughs> I, I love, I love Christo Saltos. I think it's amazing <laughs> that we have someone from Greece, just like when uh, Jim, what's his name? Uh, Jim Con- uh, Connolly. Jim Connolly. Connolly from, uh, from Ireland me. comes on. Because he was because he was on the call during St. Patrick's Day, so we hear this guy <laughs> with a thick Irish accent, and I thought it was a prank. Oh no, it's not a prank, and he's good. I mean, I like I like him. He's a good dude. Yeah. Uh, but all but right, I so will let's say, get back. To, yeah, but I will to, say by the way, like yeah, it's not just them. There's still we have tiers of media. There's some that are allowed in these areas. There's others that aren't, and uh, and yeah, Christos is one of them. Um, but there's the Zoom is still very much a ever present. Yeah, it's a tool. Yeah. Yeah. So Harrison goes to walk out the door. He turns around and he asks us, like, uh, I don't even know if it's a million dollar question, but it's a question that I, I at least is interesting. And he, they had they had been debating it. Him and some teammates had been debating it. Yeah. They had the players had been debating whether statistically speaking, Demarcus Cousins deserves to have his jersey retired in Sacramento. And Harrison even said that he was the only one that said yes well yeah because we all replied and then he was about he's like okay and then he was about to walk out and i was like wait a minute what did you say yeah and and he could in for the for the ones that had said yes he agreed 
Yeah, I actually had turned my camera so I could see him ask a question. And I'm like, and then a lot of the guys in the media room like answered loudly. Like mm -hmm. I, I was like, eh, I was surprised. Okay, so Sean. Yeah. The business of basketball. I, I replied very quickly on that. That's that's to me, it's a no-brainer. Does DeMarcus Cousins deserve to have his jersey hanging from the Raptors of Gold One Center? 100%. Absolutely. 100%. You are loony. What? Are you kidding me? Why? You have lost your mind. No, no. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. And I don't even need to spout off statistics. I don't at all. Like it or not, DeMarcus Cousins in the Sacramento era is one of three faces of your franchise. It's Mitch Richmond. It's Chris Weber. It's DeMarcus Cousins. That's it. That's your franchise in Sacramento. And for that simple fact alone, he deserves to be up on your rafter hanging from there. I counter it, it, it's hundred percent statistically speaking, the Kings in their best season with DeMarcus cousins on the team won 32 doesn't games. matter. It, Maybe it 33. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. And here's why, here's why it doesn't matter. Mitch Richmond only made the playoffs once in his time as Sacramento. He's a hall of famer. He, all his all-stars were in during Sacramento. Okay. Same thing with DeMarcus Cousins. Look at the numbers alone. The numbers alone will speak for themselves. And in fact, you could argue, statistically speaking, that Vladi Divac probably doesn't deserve to have his jersey hanging from the rafters. Okay. So he obviously he, means more to, in, in a bigger sense. Okay. I in get my that. opinion, if someone is going to have their jersey hanging from the rafters, they need to be a Hall of Fame player. That's that is that is where your that's where you say I, don't. I I agree I say that but that is basically my point of view if you're gonna have your name in the rafters you got to be a hall of famer or Vladi you got to be not a hall of famer like he he is a hall of famer but he would he, never have been he would have never gone in under the pretenses if not for the international. Uh, committee i agree so remember, and, so and i'll also tell you that the patient yeah. will get into the hall of yeah. fame as as a european player but that well he'll get through me. he'll get through vladi will get through the committee i think it's very possible that peja could get through the regular voting of the hall of fame possibly i, ne I never possibly. thought of, okay so when peja retired I, I've, I've said this a lot lately but it's very specific because buddy healed um, when Peja retired, he was number three in the NBA all time and made three pointers. And, and then he's number 23 now, but that tells you how good he was. Like right. he, he did what he did in an era where a guy like Buddy Heel doesn't get to, I mean, he shoots a thousand three pointers or 840 three pointers, whatever it is. I mean, that's just crazy. If Peja was in this era, just like if Larry Bird was in this era, they would be nuts. They would score so many points. Yeah, but that's not the discussion. You know what no, I mean? Like there's no, Hall I of agree. Fame and then there's 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 jersey retirement. And I'm I, to me, if you are the if you are a face of the franchise during this time, and again, not just from a payment standpoint or being the best player on your team during that, look at what you've done and how you've impacted the franchise from a numbers standpoint, you are 100% deserving of being in the rafters and if he's not it's going to be because of other issues well the other issues are always going to come into part of it and, and look i i like demarcus and i i know and that, people, and that, and that like, has nothing to do with it i like think that, yeah watching him on a nightly basis was a joy 
the things that he did on a basketball court, like he was a, a mixture of, of Hakeem Olajuwon and Chris Weber, like his ability to do some of the things that we watched on a nightly basis, stunning. I once asked Chris Gent, uh, who had played with Hakeem and was an assistant on Michael Malone's staff. Like, what do you think the comparison of DeMarcus cousins and Hakeem? He laughed. He goes, <laughs> Hakeem could, could dribble twice. Like, that's it. DeMarcus cousins out here leading a break. Right. He's like, just like the, the skill level of what you're seeing from DeMarcus has never been seen. He's a bridge that you don't really see, but at the same time, the other stuff and the fact that they could never win mainly because of the other stuff, that's got to play part of it. And, and so I'm going to you can say, well, statistically speaking, his, his points and rebounds, I, he was a genius of a basketball player, but the fact that that that's all, could, that's all the rafter would, that's all the Jersey yeah, and the rafter would mean, but the Again, fact that he couldn't do anything to get you anywhere near the playoffs. And, and a lot of that was because of him. But your franchise, think of it that way, James, your franchise hasn't sniffed the playoffs in the majority of the seasons in Sacramento. So in the Sacramento era, he is one of three. He is the one of the three faces of your franchise. That's just reality. He is the third best. Wasn't the face of the franchise. No, no, I'm not. (laughs) I am not saying that it is Mitch Richmond, DeMarcus, excuse me, Mitch Richmond, Chris Weber, DeMarcus cousins. And that is it. Those are the three. And if you want to open it up to a five, person then fine you have vladi you have peja to me look you've heard me before vladi is up there for different reasons than basketball numbers okay we understand that and it's the same reason that maybe demarcus cousins won't get up there yep i've always said and this is the the, to me this is a more uh this is a more of a debate in the one i'm about to bring up demarcus cousins is a no-brainer in my estimation and i know it won't be that way because there's going to be a lot of people that take it beyond basketball that's and they're they're entitled to their opinion i think they're on drugs <laughs> i really do i think they're on glue swear to god the one that i think i would even make an argument for i think wayman tisdale should have his jersey retired in sacramento i really do i think what wayman tisdale meant to this franchise and the numbers he put up unbelievable unbelievable yeah. so you could argue that wayman tisdale had more of a numbers impact for this for this team than even Vladi Divac had. I think that's more of a debate than the DeMarcus Cousins thing because DeMarcus Cousins is in your top two in so many categories and, again, is one of your three best players in franchise history in Sacramento era. So, again, you don't – you're like what you said, and I respect it, you want to see Hall of Famers with jersey retirement, I get it. But you don't have that now, and you haven't had that for any of those three prior to them being retired, if that makes sense, if yeah. I said that right, yeah. right? So clearly the Kings don't think that way. Um, I think you will see DeMarcus Cousins' jersey hanging up there. It doesn't need to be now, obviously, because the guy's still playing. Um, he's still within, like, you know, five, ten years from now, sure. Uh, but DeMarcus, Under- like, to me, it's not even a I – I can't even believe that. And here's the other way. This is how you know I'm right, James. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ready? Ready? For all you idiots out there who think that DeMarcus Cousins shouldn't have his jersey retired, just think of it this way. You would be disagreeing with Harrison Barnes, and that ain't smart. Oh, come on. But Harrison, Harrison Barnes, Barnes against is his a, entire team. Look, I, Harrison I, Barnes is going to be a, an, a politician one day. In my, he, well, he should. He won't, but he should. Uh, and, and, and I know I'm immediately wrong if I'm disagreeing with Harrison Barnes about anything. <laughs> 
So that's why. If you think, uh, if you the think appeal to you... authority, there, Sean. The appeal. That's one of the great fallacies. The appeal to authority. Um, yeah, I'm. Harrison gonna, Barnes agrees with me, I'm and therefore tell you're you wrong. That uh, that Tyreek Evans, Jimmer for debt, Ben McLemore, Nick Stauskas, um, Thomas Robinson, like. I know all of those sound like horrible draft picks and uh, most of them like at the end and that way. Yeah. But I don't think that they, any of them needed to be horrible draft picks. And I think that like he played a role in that. And, Mm. and again, I I really, I do like DeMarcus. I hope that he gets to, I hope that he, he battles this with the box and everything else. You're turning it into a different conversation. I'm also telling you that it will never happen under this ownership. It won't, it won't happen. I never be put up there under this ownership group. Our phones are going nuts. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. A lot of it's just because of my work. So, and I just, I kind of, I'm trying to have, I got the same thing. Oh, you got the same thing. Okay, They're all of the new, uh, like the protocols there, the league is putting in new protocols as we're, recording this podcast i think this is a great discussion i'll just tell you like there so i think that's never be re-signed ever it's not even going to be on the table as part of a discussion and on top of that like i i know some things about like just the way that this franchise handled like when we got access to play old games uh during the pandemic there was a, a, a yeah there you go <laughs> actually look uh, right here like we can turn like for the youtube crowd paul westfall but oh see the two of them would hate the fact that they're so close to each other uh, on that. i i fully agree this is in my bar like i don't usually show sections of my bar unless uh, we're doing the uh, i actually i actually disagree with that too i actually think at the end of the day even if ownership remains the same i actually think that they'll look beyond that i really do Hey man, the, I think as of right now, are there are two people that I want to see with their names. Well, actually, I'll bump that up. There's at least three that I want to see with their names in the rack in the rafters. And I think Bef- that, before Demarcus. Uh, well, yeah, I'm gonna say like I want to void out the whole 15 years uh, of non-playoffs, and I don't think anyone from that era gets their name in the rafters at all. Yeah, mm. you just weren't any good. Like as a team, you never figured out how to get over the hump. It didn't matter what team, what players you had. But but it's you know. an individual award to have your name up there. I agree. And you were an all-star player. And again, statistically speaking, go ahead. I don't want I don't want to take away from that though. Go my ahead. My three people. Uh, I want to see Rick Adelman with his name in the well, rafters. Okay, that's that, I agree with you. There. Me, that's not a number. That it's, it, it, I'm saying it's shameful 100%. that it's not up there. Hundred percent. I'm going to say that Jeff Petrie needs his name in the rafters, and the fact that it's not is a travesty. Okay. He is the architect of uh, the, not just the, the golden age, but uh, he was part of the, the guy, the group that put together the team that made it in what 95, 96. Right. Um, I'm almost positive. The, the first time with Richmond, uh, he's the one that traded Mitch Richmond for Chris. I Weber. think you're, yeah, I think you're right. I don't, I haven't yeah. thought about that in a long time, but I think yeah. you're right. Uh, I'm almost positive he was the architect of that team. He's the guy who drafted Brian, uh, Brian Grant and Michael Smith. Um, and then lastly, Tisha Pinachero, uh, like put her name in the rafters. Yeah. She's a Hall of Famer. I, and the fact she's not in the Hall of Fame is just an embarrassment. The fact that it took Yolanda Griffin, uh, Griffith, Griffith like, yeah, uh, yeah uh, longer than like she, she was the first ballot Hall of Famer. 
the fact that she wasn't is a joke. That, that That's a joke. That I is know. one of the greatest female basketball players of all time. Ever, ever. And, and the fact that it took her, I mean, she led a Sacramento franchise to a championship. I mean, that in itself, you sh- the like three- the second she retired, they should have just handed her uh, like the Hall of Fame jacket. Yeah, I mean, just as we were talking about, you know, Mitch, Chris, and DeMarcus as being the three, the three-headed monster for the Monarchs was easily Ruthie Bolton, who has her number up there, yep. Yolanda Griffith, and Tisha Penichero. So hopefully that'll come to fruition. I, I think there's a way to honor both Rick and, and Jeff Petrie different than a jersey or a name in the rafters, but I will give you another one. And I've been saying this for a long time, kind of privately to a lot of people, but might as well just bring it out here. Uh, I'm with you on all those, with you on all of them. But they need to retire the microphone of Gary Gerald and or turn the press room into the Gary Gerald press room. I have said that. I actually went to them multiple times. You need to do it before, while the person can be enjoyed while they're here. And while he can enjoy it himself, like his. Yeah, his, you don't need. And I think people know where I'm going. I'm not trying to be morbid, but you want to celebrate these people while they're here. Yeah. And, and you know, Jerry left and then they uh, and they renamed the entryway into the media section. as right. a Jerry Reynolds. And to me, that that's great. Like it, it, it is great. It's cool. They, we walk through it every time we think of Jerry. Yeah, it is great. And you know what? Uh, they could have done that while he was still at the job. I totally you don't agree. Need to, you don't need to do it when he can just come in one night and see it and celebrate. Okay, I've been here. Great. Like, I'm never coming to this building again in, in the sense of an employment standpoint. Like, again, like, G-Man should be able to sit in that in that dining room, in that media room. Not the dining room, but the whole media room as it is. And Yeah, the and whole media room. Like, like, I will say this. For as great as Golden One Center is, and, and, and again, I think it, I'll, I'll have a better idea of how it trumps Chase Center after Monday, uh, my birthday, December 20th. There it is. Fox, right? Uh, I will have a better idea of this because I'm actually going to go as a spectator that night. But I can tell you 100%, even from things I've seen being there beforehand, uh, I have not been there for a basketball game yet in person. I have not been there for a concert yet in person. But the one thing that I already know is Chase Center has a thousand times percent more character throughout their building from a decorative standpoint than golden one center does golden one center has some pretty cool moments architectural like oh but even even you know even artistry even things that are again my favorite thing is the is the collection is the is the mural as you go up the escalator going up to the upper deck where Mm -hmm. there is a mural of a king's logo and it's designed by way of 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 players shoes old you know shoes that are all cut up that have been worn on the court and for me as a sneakerhead like that that is exceptional it's a beautiful piece there's a great mural that's there you see what the the stuff on the concourse that they have for tower records and all these old businesses and sponsors yep. that used to be amazing. A part of the sacramento community that's amazing shaky's pizza that's amazing uh and then you see the kj and the city council stuff that's up there that's great because they're mm-hmm. the ones that voted for this arena that to happen in the fruition but it's rather it comes off a little bit stale. A lot There's of not a walls. lot of a it, lot of white walls. You feel like you're in a facility. <laughs> if you're if you go up to the suite level and walk around, they have incredible uh, photographs. Incredible all the way. Not around. enough. Not enough. Yeah. Like do the I, same thing. You can do yeah. even in the even in the event level of the arena. And I think they've done great strides with 
some of the obviously they've got some clubs down there and they've got some lounges they 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 famously in the in the main entrance for some of the uh concert acts that would come through players for all the teams that come through they would change out uh, a mural they, they'd make one for Chance the Rapper. They had done one for, I think, the uh, the Eagles their first time through. Um, I think Travis Scott had one. So, like, you could you could do this, you know. Like, they've done that, and, it, and it's nice. But, like, add some more color yeah. or add some more. Like, you can add some more things that accurately detail the history of this team uh, in Sacramento or crazy events that have, or, or excuse me, Every time an event takes place in your arena, be it a concert, like that's history. Like there should be a, yeah. uh, one of the things I love about Madison Square Garden and even HP Pavilion in San Jose, like it, Madison Square Garden. And again, I know we're comparing it to Madison Square Garden. That's not fair. Mm -hmm. But if you go through the concourse, you'll see a date for 365 days of the year, January 2nd, 1945, January 3rd, 1995. They have an event for every single day of the year in its history of the, in the venue. And it could be James Taylor in concert. It could be Barnum and Bailey service circus it could be you too. It could be a presidential convention. You know, it could be something small. It could be something big, but they have something that represents every single day of the year for 365 days throughout its history. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously golden one center doesn't have that HP pavilion has a photograph of every single event that's taken place. Almost every single event that's taken place, especially from a concert standpoint, on there and it's represented somewhere maybe you don't have to do something like that but again you look at the media room and there's like six photos on the wall um yeah they need to do it one like one I with a one with a glaring absence at the moment but yeah it hasn't been replaced but you know there's there's several that you that just just celebrate your history a little bit more and decorate that place add some character to it it seems a little bit just it seems like a facility it seems like a doctor's office I, i'm with you i'm with you yeah i got you Sterile. all right sean yeah. Sean, the DoorDash just got here. Oh. Yeah, they do DoorDash up here, just so people know. They they do DoorDash to the sticks, which is... I'm amazed that they even have internet, so... Which is, which is really impressive that they DoorDash here. Um, do you have any final thoughts? DeMarcus Cousins should have his jersey retired 100%. I'm going to make you say that one day. I'm going uh, to bring you over to the good side. And it's not a personal thing. Oh, I know. It's just, I get it. You know, uh, let's see my final thoughts for tonight two things number one don't come with your weird stuff in my in my timeline about vaccinations um but I'm everything gonna, else is fine right i'm not gonna deal with that uh no that's <laughs> gonna be the other one do not come with your weird anti-doug christie oh former partner on the radio garbage in my timeline i'll block you every second of the way but do remind james ham that he fired doug christie as his podcast. I, I i just i'm gonna tell you do not come with that weak <laughs> stuff if i see you parroting somebody in my timeline you're just getting banished into space because that's the most ignorant and disrespectful and wrong thing that i've seen wow you're gonna have to show me some examples i need to see this i don't oh, block, block anyone them. by the way i, I really I, honestly i don't block many people I, i'm just i'm embarrassed for those people i'm embarrassed mm -hmm. because a grown-ass man made his own decision and that has nothing to do with anyone else but himself enough said that's it 
that's it. So good luck with that. Uh, James got the band hammer. I love it. I do. I do have the band. I like, I, I don't need it. I don't, I don't need the crazy. Like there are a few things that bug me on Twitter and I, I, there's a few things that you can get banned from me, but those are two that are becoming more and more prevalent. Like I, I don't need some mystic doctor telling people in my timeline about vaccinations. Uh, like, like, mystic holy, doctor. like your, your Twitter, just like, the holy something or whatever like come on man I, I don't need it i don't need it like let's let's not spread it disinformation um all right so so sean i maybe there are like a handful of people that are now angry with me and don't want to follow the king's beat anymore i don't care mm-hmm. if that's the case um but uh you should be following the king's beat and you should jump on and get a paid subscription uh because those who are awesome enough to do paid subscriptions get an invite to the king's beat happy hour number two part looking forward to it looking forward to that one do uh i i set it up for i think it's thursday january 6th um i I added that to one of the the things that i just put out um so that's uh if you are a paid subscriber you get the invite if you are not you miss out on all the crazy stories uh, which are super fun and James drinking a couple of whiskeys and, you know, cutting loose. Right. Yeah. You uh, tell some stories, man. I, you go down some roads. I didn't expect. I was like, Oh, I almost needed like a, a warning shot. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's what it's about. It's about giving you a different, something different than you've never had before uh, as far as coverage and access to media members that have uh, crazy stories and have been around the block uh, a few times and then back again. So uh, again, make sure to jump on board and hopefully everyone uh, can take part in our, in our cool happy hour and we have a good time. Um, lastly, uh, you know, some positive vibes for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, this isn't fun. This is not what they wanted this week to be about something different. They wanted it to be about pushing forward and, and uh, finding success at home and showing their home fans what they uh, are made of and now they're stuck in the middle of a uh, outbreak of COVID and it's unfortunate and it's crappy and wish all of them well. Uh, we're in the holidays. Some of these guys may even get quarantined and not be able to visit their families or not have families visit them. Um, so this isn't fun stuff. So uh, some well wishes there. So any other final thoughts, Sean, because we just keep dragging this out. Nope. Just be safe. And uh yeah, I'll be I'll be a year older when we get when we do when we do this again on Tuesday. Sean is so dramatic about his birthday. He's so dramatic about I, his birthday. Because I don't like being in the forties. <laughs> I really don't. Like it's I, I was saying so I'm turning 41. I t- I've been doing this a long time. Uh and I, I told someone the other day, I was like, I don't consider myself in my forties until I turn 41. Mm. You're 40. When you're 40, you're not in your 40s. I know that probably doesn't make sense to many people, but that's just the way I think it about it. It makes no sense, but that's now okay. I'm, now I'm in my effing 40s and I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, lastly, lastly, before I go, uh, we're doing this on YouTube. We've added this, so make sure, I forgot about that. Make sure to jump on board. <laughs> it's like that bear that waves, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, this is Buddy the Elf. Uh, jump on board uh, the, uh, the YouTube channel. So if uh, you dig the podcast, then uh, you can now watch us and see us doing this craziness that we do um, from wherever Sean is. Uh, we got Sean a new mic. 
Look at uh, this. Can you all hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, the YouTube channel. So just jump on and subscribe. And, and that way you get that stuff. It's going to be part of the package that gets sent out to all of the, the listeners of the podcast. But it should be cool. And we're going to make some upgrades. It's not always going to look like this. Uh, I've got a lot of work to do, though, and uh, just so little time to do it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm too focused on buying golf clubs on, on eBay while uh, Harrison Barnes is answering questions. And so, <laughs> <laughs> a little insight. Uh, so, again, thanks for tuning in to the King's Beat Podcast. Uh, subscribe. Do all the things that you do to, uh, to promote the King's Beat. And for Sean Cunningham, I am James Ham. We'll see you next week. 